0: We got lots to talk about. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a podcast episode. Yes, I'm going to talk about the OnePlus Nord N10 5G and just my final thoughts about it, using the phone, playing around with it. Uh, We're going to get into some Google I.O. talk, Google I.O. 2021, right around the corner, and I'm excited for it, and I hope you guys are too. And my expectations of what I think that we should see. Uh, On top of that discussion, uh, shout-out to Metalhead555, Discussion on Google Duo, possibly falling to Google Meets. So all that in today's episode here. Uh, Again, shout out to the channel members. For those being a channel member, thank you guys so much. And today, there will be a live stream for you guys, members only, this afternoon. Um, So let's get into it. Let me talk about Google I.O. 2021 and what I'm hoping to see at Google I.O. 2021. So I that is that that is like my favorite thing to watch uh my favorite event to watch right Tito was a cool guy. i know but that is my favorite thing to watch i like to see the advancements in ai so i'm really like focused on that keynote when they start talking about it about how much further they've pushed ai how much better it's gotten and what else are they adding in to um what's up tech for your needs? uh what else um they're going to be adding into ai like have they made any advancements in google duplex those are some of the things that i'm really interested in in hearing about at google i o 2021 um also what new features are they bringing to you know android and um also the advancements just for everything else like you know we have the call hold feature which you know, will stay on the call and hold for you while you're holding for somebody else. And when that person comes back on, it will notify them that you're coming back on, and will notify you that it's a live rep on the on the call to get back on the phone. That is a very handy feature because a lot of people don't like dealing with waiting with that odd elevator music. What's up, Mario? What's going on, man? Appreciate you for being here. Um, people don't like that elevator music. It's absolutely annoying, even though most most call centers use that to try to keep the person calm while they're doing what they're doing. People hated that. So the hold for me feature with um, Android, really nice touch with AI, basically uh, being able to do these things for you. Duplex, um, AI being able to talk to people on your behalf and schedule appointments and things like that. That is a real nifty feature to have. So the advancements in AI is what I'm really, really looking forward to in Google I.O. 2021. The fact that they may talk about the Pixel 5 is another thing that I'm very interested in, but because that it's been said that the Pixel 5 is only releasing in the United States s- supposedly because of a chip shortage and that it will also um, be releasing around August, the same time the Pixel 4a did, um, I'm at least hoping that they will show us the device and yeah, I, I mean, I, okay, you know, so August is like three months away from from uh, io because io being in may and the release of the pixel 5a 5g more than likely being august that's yeah, about three months away but i mean they can still give us a little snippet a little sneak peek of the pixel 5a just for people to see i, I couldn't find that photo i'll try to find it so i can show you guys um i'm pretty sure it's just a render it's not like um, an official color but if they are making a crimson red color for the pixel 5a that's an interesting color to go with from what we've had in the past we've had the blues we had green we had a a, a pinkish color we had purplish i think it's about high time for like a red one (laughs) i mean at least i'm at least i'm going to say that it's about high time for a red one but i i wouldn't mind them showing the pixel 5a that would actually be pretty nice to see at google io 2021 and also on that that note i would love to see these uh pixel buds a um of course more rumors coming out for the pixel buds a talking about that it's not going to have the swipe gestures so i guess the buds themselves the little mentos buds are not going to be touch sensitive which i think it's a stupid move for them to do that i don't know why um they could have easily just uh fixed the antenna issue that caused for major um major disconnections with the pixel buds i mean i still have my pixel buds they still suffer that dreaded head movement it loses connection it's very annoying at times uh, sometimes these things will work with just flawlessly but i mean it just i don't know i guess i guess you have to sweet talk it you have to talk nice to it and pet it and all kinds of other stuff to get it to do what you want it to do <laughs> otherwise you're just going to be like plagued with issues uh, Pixel A it is a good thing that uh, Google came up with. It is likely going back to the Nexus days, a very affordable price with 80 to 90% of the features of the flagships. Oh, I mean, so like the only thing that differentiates the Pixel A series from the Nexus line is that Nexus was Google's partnership with other OEMs to build the hardware. That's really all of what it was. Um, so they wanted to showcase the next version of Android, they would go to Samsung and they would go to LG and say, hey, build us a phone, we're gonna brand it Nexus and we're gonna put the latest version of Android in its release. That's really all that it was. Um, initially, the true essence of the Nexus brand was actually for developers to develop Android applications and services for the latest version of Android. That's what they were doing on, we were using a Nexus phone, but it ended up catching up being like a brand that everyone really liked and yeah. The Pixel A just brings you everything that the Pixel flagships has more goal focused on features and software experience but with a more affordable a more affordable pricing As far as them scaling down on the material to build the phone and also certain features not being prevalent in it like wireless charging and ip certification water dust resistance those types of things and even the lack of a camera sensor as we saw with the pixel 4a versus the pixel 5 which had a medium which was the pixel 4a 5g that adopted the best of both worlds so i mean yeah i guess you could say that but um uh, with, with the Pixel Buds A, eh, I'm wondering, like, what what is the selling point of these things? I mean, did they use a better antenna for better connectivity? Because me personally, I could care less if I can connect my Pixel Buds to my Pixel 5 and be a football field length away from it. I don't need to be a football field length away from my smartphone. When I take out the trash to the dumpster, I'm not trying to listen to music and take the trash out to the the dumpster and leave my phone in the house i i I just i don't care for that so if if it wasn't reliant on a a, uh, an antenna that can do long distance i would care less you know as long as i can remain a good a good distance from it you know like i can leave my phone in my bedroom and be in my kitchen cooking dinner for the family and listen to music of my buds but more than likely most people carry their phones in their pocket anyway so Um, I'm just hoping that they correct the antenna issue with the Pixel Buds. Um, But sad that rumor says that the touchpad is not going to be on the Pixel Buds A. So, Um, With that being said, that's another thing that I want to see at at Google I.O. with the Pixel Buds A announcing. I also want to see what they're doing as far as uh, smart home inventions, smart home things like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Smart speakers, maybe, you know, uh advancements in in like you know the the uh doorbell cam maybe uh maybe google branded light bulbs that you know can do a lot and compare with google with uh will will compare with google nest those types of things i'm wanting to see and i'm also wanting to see other apps and services that come that are you know that that bring things to the table you know what i mean um, so with Google I.O. 2021, I'm very, very, very excited for it. I'm very to see what, what advancements they're doing with software technology and um, also a little bit of hardware technology. And maybe just maybe we'll get some talking points about the GS101 chip. That's another big thing that I really want to see at Google I.O. I want them to talk about the GS101 chip. I also want, to talk, want them to talk about what modem they're going to be using with that chip. So that way we know kind of an insight of the pixel six which is another thing that i hope that they kind of touch base with they don't really have to show us the the product they don't have to be like this is the pixel six and da da, da da i know that's saved for the made by google event in october but i would love to hear just a little bit more about the pixel six and if there is a pixel fold they would definitely want them to talk about the foldable technology that they're going to be using if they're going to adopt it as one of their lineups i would love to know that um So these are some of the things that i'm hoping that we see at google io 2021 i also want them to talk about their partnership with t-mobile and what does it mean for consumers what are we going to get from it what is the benefit of this this uh this partnership between both companies how does it work for you i want to know these things and i want google to answer it because t-mobile's not always forthcoming with their stuff so i'd rather hear it from from google themselves as to why they chose t-mobile to partner with rather than going with um you know, t or Verizon. Uh, those are some of the things that I wanna really, really, really wanna hear about. And um, also I want to see you know, hear any any you know any advancements in uh, in Waymo, I think it's called Waymo or Waygo. I can't can't remember. <sighs> but um, you know Google is a self driving vehicle so I wanna hear more about that too. Um, I just want to know like, all the advancements in what Google is doing as far as furthering technology in, in, in whole, not just mobile technology, but in whole. You know, I want to know if, if, they're, if they're doing some, some really big advancements to uh, to uh, Chrome OS. I want to know if they're going to do some advancements with Chromebooks and Pixelbooks. I want to know if they're going to reinvigorate the tablet generation. Those are some of the things that I want to know about Uh, that that I think they should talk about in Google IO 2021. So those are my expectations of Google IO 2021. All right, so let's shift tracks here and let's talk about Google Duo versus Google Meet as it looks like that Google is favoring Meet over Duo. Duo has, has gotten very, very, very little attention over the last year. I mean, the latest major push that they gave to Google Duo was the ability to have um, multiple people on a video call. And that was the last thing we ever heard anything major of Google Duo doing any changes to the platform itself. But lately, there just hasn't been, there just hasn't been any major, any major pushes on Duo. But we do see Google Meets making a lot of advancements, integration into Gmail, integration into Hangouts. I mean, these are some of the things that i am just left scratching my head. like why why is it this way why did google tend to do this because duo is phenomenal duo is tremendous it's 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 exceptional i love it i love using it when people are just like what's comparable on the google side to facetime i say duo Some people will laugh and be like, it's not comparable to FaceTime. Yeah, look, we're apples to oranges, but we're not here to really talk about iOS or Android boards when it comes to these apps. But on the Android side, Duo is the closest thing that comes to a FaceTime-like experience. Video calling, and it's easy. And one one of the quintessential things about Duo that I think a lot of people forgot was when Google announced Allo and Duo, the reason that Duo well was what more people looked at was because the ability to have a video chat, and the app itself wasn't heavy, or you know like like performance extensive. So your video chat would be seamless and smooth. They were they touted that you can have a a, a very you know near near considered near weak signal and still have a very clear video chat, right? So that was one of the things that I really, really, really loved about Duo and and, and thought that this was going to be it. <laughs> FaceTime is still better than Duo, especially in the States. Um, I guess so, you know, if, if you're an iOS person, then of course FaceTime is gonna be better. But FaceTime is not on Android. So it. to be honest, it's not comparable in any in any way or form um duo is comparable because you can use duo on an iphone and you can use it on an android phone And, and i have to say the experience is good as a matter of fact on my iphone i use duo over facetime sorry to say that but that's just me that's me right that's my opinion um i can do a facetime comparison to duo if facetime ever came to android that would be a real comparison because you'd be able to see how facetime would be on android and how facetime is on ios but you can't because apple would never let that go over to android just like they will never let imessage go over to android but on the android side of things what it what comes close to an experience that facetime gives on ios is duo it's seamless it works with weak signal and i, and I know this to be a fact because when I was on Boost Mobile, and Boost Mobile had very, very low connection in certain areas in this city, I was still able to make a Duo call to the misses, and it was a clear connection. There wasn't pixelation in the video chat, there wasn't a freeze or two, it was just smooth, right? It worked. Uh, end-to-end encryption on Duo? Yeah, at the time of its launch, no, didn't have that. But really, I'm nobody special, nobody's tapping into my video call to listen to me ask the missus what are we having for dinner tonight. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, however, with the way things are going right now, Google is like really focused on Google Meets, which if you didn't know what Google Meets was, before it was called Meets, um, it was actually called uh, a Hangouts Meets when it was first introduced. So. Um, Hangouts Chat and Hangouts Meet. I did a video back in the day where I said that Hangouts Chat is not for uh, is not for consumer use. And people were kind of confused. It's because we had three different Hangouts apps in the Google Play Store. We had Classic Hangouts, which is what we've always had since the conception of Hangouts when they converted Google Plus Chat to Hangouts. Uh, we've had that for the longest time. That's the main one. But then later on, they made an enterprise uh application which was hangouts chat that was supposed to be for businesses to chat and then they had hangouts meets which was supposed to be like video conferencing and that's what it was so technically before zoom ever came out uh, hangouts already had this with with hangouts meets um little by little they started to open up hangouts chat and hangouts meets when they announced that they were getting rid of of a classic hangouts in favor of hangouts chat and hangouts meets and then completely altered the name when it became public and no longer an enterprise usage. It went public and it was changed to just chat and meets, or everyone identifies it as Google chat and Google meets. Hangouts is still active today. It's bare bones. You can still use the chat, but your conversations have already been migrated over to Google chat. So uh, with that, you see meets being integrated into Gmail. Uh, on Hangouts, you can still place our traditional Hangouts video call, but more than likely when you try to, it suggests launching Google Meets. It tries to go that route. And then there are people who prefer Google Meets because it, it feels like Zoom. And to me, Duo is not to be like Zoom. It's not to be a group um, video, you know, Hangout, basically duo is supposed to be a video call and they've opened it up to allow multiple people to be on the video call but the true essence of google duo is supposed to be a video call facetime is never never developed to to be a replacement to zoom it never has been i mean people are using it because of the multi-function of facetime allowing you to group facetime people but it was never made to be that It was made to be a video call Video calling was supposed to be the evolution of the phone call, Um, but more people still tend to text over making a traditional phone call. And so video calling just didn't take up that void. But initially that's what both Google and Apple were going with. They were like, okay, for years and years and years, we've had the telephone. And for years and years and years, we've had audio calls. That's all you heard was the person's voice. And so video calling was supposed to replace that. Not only do you hear the caller's voice but now you can see them in a live video feed so you can really see you know expressions you can tell if somebody's mad there was no longer being on the phone call saying you know to your to your significant other oh honey why are you why do you sound so mad you sound mad are you mad are you depressed are you sad no now when you're on a video call you can see them so you can tell their mannerisms the only way you, you would have to ask those questions is if they were mad at you and they turned off the video cameras so and you couldn't see them then, then it's all black, you can't see them. So, it is sad to see that Google does this thing called cannibalism. Google likes to cannibalize their products and services. And honestly, like when they first talked about that meets the, um, the head of the development team for, for um, Google Enterprise. Uh, was trying to get Google to favor Meats over Duo and just to kill Duo and strictly just go with Meats. It was, um it was, uh, how do you put it? It to me was very aggravating. Is Google Duo used a lot in your circle? Actually, mostly everyone that I talked to had FaceTime. So like my older sister has an iPhone. My niece has an iPhone. Um, all of my kids have an iPhone. Except for my youngest son, he likes Android. <laughs> so but like my daughters have have it. And yes, every now and then we use FaceTime, uh, but we just prefer using Duo. So it's not just like how do you put it? If your if your question is to prove a bias in my usage, I've already admitted a bias in my usage. I prefer using Duo because I like Duo. It's biased. I'm not saying FaceTime sucks. Don't get that impression. I'm just saying that when you're going to compare, if you're going to compare FaceTime to Duo, it's hard to do that because FaceTime is not on Android. Duo is on iOS and Android. You can use it on both. Now I can compare Duo on iOS to Duo on Android and see which is better. You know, does the development for an iOS app does it look better? uh you know does duo look better on on an iphone or better on an android that comparison i can make but to really compare duo to facetime can't do it because there's no facetime on android to really kind of you know build that comparison what up big john what's going on i enjoyed your live stream yesterday man it it was it was nice seeing you on the live and just openly talking with us but thanks for being here my friend but um yeah But, but, but even if let's say Duo wasn't on iOS, my point is, is that to have something, cause FaceTime is what a lot of people know of. FaceTime is talked about a lot. Even you're up here batting for FaceTime and I'm not even downplaying FaceTime and already you're batting for them. But um, FaceTime is well known. And so something that comes similar to FaceTime that's on Android is Duo. That's the point that I'm making. Google Meets is more like Zoom so it's more video conferencing that's its forte duo is video calling so video calling first on duo and conferencing secondary on meets it's video conferencing and then video call secondary so it's just weird how how, how google's cannibalizing this they should leave duo ads is uh, the only reason why facetime is better is because when you're at work at least for me my boss will ask me to facetime him and i didn't have I didn't have an iPhone. It would be an awkward conversation to use Duo. Oh, would it? I mean, honestly, in my opinion, no. That wouldn't be awkward. Why would it be awkward? Because you don't have an iPhone? That's a that's a. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you're coming from on this. Because you're talking about like the only reason why FaceTime is better. That doesn't make it better. That has no ground to say that it's better than Duo. If you were to compare it, like my boss uses an iPhone, so it'd be awkward if I didn't have it. That's why it's better than Duo. That doesn't. Like, give me facts. Like, I'll, here I'll give you one fact to help you out. The reason why that, that some people prefer FaceTime over Duo is because FaceTime does have end-to-end encrypted video calling, so there's security around it. Duo, I don't think has that yet, or they probably did have, they probably do have it now, but when it first launched, it didn't. So I just gave you, I gave you a handout right there. But I mean, it's that right there biased and then, like I said, I didn't say that I wasn't being biased about me liking Duo over FaceTime. I am. I prefer it. But that but that's for me because it's my opinion, right? Everyone's entitled to use what they want to use. And I'm not saying you're wrong. So I hope you're not getting that that across when I'm talking about this. I'm not saying that FaceTime sucks compared to Duo. No, not at all. But it's what I prefer to use. But my whole thing is, is that Duo is going to be an afterthought because Google is pushing for Google Beats to be the, the standard in that realm. Rather than duo. And I really think that Google should just leave Duo alone. Not leave it alone like they like they like they abandoned Hangouts, like classic Hangouts, but um, stop trying to get rid of it. Stop trying to push Google Meets down people's throat. Statistically, looking up online, when you look at it, more people on the Android side platform rather would use Google Duo over Google Meets. Some people don't even touch it, even when they integrated it into Gmail on desktop and on mobile, on the mobile app. People still don't, they don't use it to make a video call. Matter of fact, video calls aren't even that popular. It's popular on on iOS only because it's got other features to it, right? Like I talked about, end-to-end encryption calling. There's, you know, protection, security while you're on a video call. But also, if you don't have service on your iPhone, FaceTime is what you can use to make a phone call to other iPhone users. So like if your whole family is wrapped up in the Apple ecosystem and say there's a kid that's mostly at home all the time and needs to call mom and dad on their iPhone, they can use FaceTime over Wi-Fi to call their mom and dad. They don't have to have phone service; They can rely on Wi-Fi at home. And so that means there's more functionality to FaceTime on that. But even Duo does the same thing on home Wi-Fi. You're able to, the only downside to it is that you have to register a phone number to Duo or, or Gmail for it to work. But other than that, you can have no service on it because that's how my youngest son calls me. He calls me on Duo. you know. So it's very, Duo and FaceTime are very similar in about almost every aspect except for the security wise. Apple's approach to security is different from Google's and that would be the biggest difference there. But to really compare them, FaceTime would have to come to Android. So then we can all go down the list of everything and not miss anything or have to excuse one from the other because it's not on this platform. That's my perspective on comparisons. But um, yeah, Google wanting to get rid of the duo is probably one of the biggest mistakes they're gonna do. One of the biggest mistakes. There hasn't been complaints about the user interface. Um, there hasn't been anything like that. How's the phone? I haven't got into that yet, Ciovo, and I appreciate you for coming in, man. Appreciate you for being here this morning. Um, that's the last part of this podcast I'm going to talk about is uh, the OnePlus Nord and 10 5G and my experience with it. I'll get into that. Uh, let me wrap up this whole thing with Meets versus Duo and Duo probably falling to Meets. So when Google, if Google kills this and it joins the Google Graveyard, and if you guys would like to see the Google Graveyard, just go to killedbygoogle.com and you can see every headstone of every service, every app that Google has killed over the years. And if they kill Duo, this will be another one where I look at Google, at Google and pull my hair out and just curse every bit of name of them, and the reason why is because there was one app they killed that I really really enjoyed, and that was Inbox by Gmail. I really enjoyed that app because that app was it it it, it just organized your emails for you. You didn't have to go in there and say this is a bill, that's a spam, that's a this, that, and the third. It did it for you, and so if you didn't want to look at your bills because sometimes you know. We get our paychecks and we're happy that, you know, we got a little bit of overtime and we're looking at the amount that we got. We're like, yes, we don't want to open our emails and go, okay, this is what's going to take my money right away. Sometimes we want to wait a few hours and just hold on to our paycheck just for a couple of hours before we got to start paying bills. And so with Inbox, you didn't have to see your bills unless you wanted to, because when you open Inbox, you can go through your main thread and go through all your emails there. And then when you're like, okay, let me see what I gotta pay and whatever, then you would go into finances, the finance folder, which had all your emails about your bills, like this bill's due on this day, that bill's due on that day. It organized the the, the shits out of your emails, and they took the idea of inbox and, and merged it into Gmail, but they never took that feature and put it into Gmail, and therefore. Yeah, when they killed it, I was upset. So if they killed Duo, I would absolutely be upset too because Duo works for me. I prefer using Duo over meats. And it's not for like, you know, the filters and stuff like that. You can do quirky filters on Duo also. You can turn your head into a fish head or a dragon head or whatever, you can do fun stuff with it. It's got a little bit of fun to it, you know, but the main thing is it's video calling and that's what entirely what they're trying to do. And I think Google is stupid for pushing meets because I don't want a Zoom-like experience on a on a video call. I want like a personable video call experience, and Duo delivers that to me. All right, so the last thing we're gonna talk about is the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, and I've been using this phone for a little bit of time right now, and I'm just gonna tell you guys exactly what I think about it. Um, I gotta say this, okay? So it's actually pretty good. It's uh, I posted a video that there was a possible problem that I found some jank some jitter and stuff like that with scrolling and um, luckily after you know several people reaching out to me and you know doing some tests it actually wasn't the phone it was YouTube it was YouTube that was glitching like that so thankfully it was YouTube and not OnePlus so yeah cuz I hate scrolling jitters right so, I mean, before when I talked about the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, I talked about it having a Snapdragon 690, that's obviously not true. Um, you can see from CPU-Z, it's a 750G, that is a chip that I have inside here, but you know, while all specs aside and everything like that, I have to say the experience is smooth. Okay? I see where people are coming from when they're saying this is the closest to a Pixel experience you're going to get with, you know, using Oxygen OS. And Oxygen OS is very light. It's not, it's not very heavy. Like it looks like it's a heavy user interface because of all the customizations you can do on Oxygen OS, but it's actually not. It's very light, very close to stock Android. It just has OnePlus customizations in it, which you're able to, you know, and, and, and the customizations are what I call worthy customizations. Being able to change the accent, you know, up here, which is which is what's in the pixels, in stock pixels, right? But you've got more colors to play around with. You can really make it personal you can go with the yellow accent you can go with a red accent green accent blue um i think you can go with pink okay you know for the ladies out there who want to rock you know the pink color um yeah so i mean you can get in here and just start you know um just start customizing it you know you can change your clock style um you can uh let's see but yeah these are the colors that you could um actually change the accents to and yes there is a pink you can turn it pink for the ladies out there that would like that color or they got like a like a, a more a darker kind of like a purplish pink color you got purple you got there's all kinds of colors how oh, let's just go red for now red. Oh, let's go yellow for now change it up a little bit um hit yes on that And now when I did a drop down, it's yellow. So customization is really good. If you're one that really likes to make your phone personal for yourself, Oxygen OS, you're going to love that. uh, You can in the pixels, but you can't go that in depth with customizations and stuff like that. Um, As far as the phone itself, yeah, see there was a little bit of jank there. And then it smoothed itself out pretty quick, so okay. Oh, obviously this is not a flagship phone so I don't expect it to be buttery smooth from jump it's going to have a little bit of jitter in the very beginning of using it when it's been off for about a couple of hours but it'll it, it smooth itself out so scrolling see how smooth that is that is smooth I like that um, the display size is a nice size of, for watching movies and stuff like that I've been watching a lot of media on this um, and so yeah I got to give it to them there a uh, nice big display. Of course, good idea to go with a hole punch design. I am not a person that's gonna nitpick notches, teardrop bubbles, and all kinds of crap. Okay, um, with a nice wallpaper, that hole punch is hidden. When I watch things on it, because it's a very it's a very tall display, so when you turn it in landscape, it's very wide. It doesn't bother me to have black bars on the side and watch in the middle. At least the uh, the selfie cam is not interfering with looking at it. So um display gets a big thumbs up in my book uh build quality of this okay so this is a plastic foam polycarbonate uh it's got a gloss finish to it so you guys can see fingerprint city on the back of this but i mean i got microfiber cloths to wipe it down everything like that um of course a protruding camera notch see if i can get that shown there yeah protruding camera notch up there but that's where all smartphones are going these days with uh, you know the quad sensor pickups, and yes, you do got uh, you, you do got those sensors on there. Um, would you recommend this over an iPhone? You're really on that iPhone thing, man. <laughs> you know what? To be to tell you to tell you what right now, I would recommend this over an iPhone 10. I would recommend this over an iPhone 10s. I would recommend this over an iPhone eight. Now, if you're trying to go as far as to like recommend this over an iPhone 12, well, obviously. Uh, no. Um, I wouldn't recommend it over an iPhone 12 or an iPhone 11. Uh, reason being is that the processing chip in those are much faster, much capable. Uh, this handles what I throw at it. It handles what I throw at it very well. But you're also talking about, you know, iOS versus Android too, which, you know, obviously there is several differences between iOS and its Unix-like um, development and then Android on its Linux-like development right so those are some of the things you have to think about there but um over iphone 7s eight, iphone 10 iphone 10s yes i would recommend this over it i'd recommend it over it on on several reasons okay uh band compatibility to networks obviously it's going to have newer ones because it is a newer device it's uh it hasn't even been a year old yet um of course there are some things that you know it's not going to perform well on which i'll get into in a little bit but yeah if you if you don't want to spend high price for for any of those you can go with one of these uh like i said build quality polycarbonate plastic it's got the quad camera set up on the back um uh, for what what you can do with it and i'll get into to photography because the photos that comes from this is actually it's actually decent Okay, I am not a professional photographer and nobody follows me on Instagram because they think I am a professional photographer. But if you can really calm yourself when you're taking a photo, you can get some good photos out of this phone. You really can achieve shots that, you know, you want to get out of it. Uh, Portrait is actually pretty good. I think sometimes portrait could be a little bit over than what you want like if you want more of a natural bokeh effect, this this one kind of goes beyond that really emphasizes that bokeh effect the foreground shot and the blurred background so sometimes you may need to mess with that um, especially in pro mode and you do have a pro mode on it so if you know what you're doing messing with white balance messing with isos and all that stuff you can really get in there and make and get the shot that you want photo wise video is not bad at all as a matter of fact um yes i am ditching away from metro so this won't have circuits on it because obviously it's locked to metro when i find a way to to uh network unlock it i will and then i will use it on whatever else i want to use it on that's compatible with this uh but this i will use to shoot regular videos with um i like the cameras on it. i think i think they do good so in my book the cameras are solid um does it beat my pixel 5's cameras Mm, no comes close to it comes very close to it um the pixel 5 cameras i don't hold on a high tier only because of the older sensors that it's been using for the longest time but um it does come close to it as far as photography and and, uh, cinematography uh audio on this thing is really good okay so it doesn't have the punchy bass that my pixel 4 has but this thing is loud it is loud enough for you to to watch movies, watch YouTube videos, listen to music without pairing to a Bluetooth speaker. You'll be able to do that with this. And a big key factor here is that 3.5 millimeter headphone jack at the bottom. That's a nice touch. If I want to use these headphones with it, I can and listen to music. Or I can pair it, you know, Pixel Buds or, or anything else that I have, like my JVC gummies. I can pair that with this and listen to music that way, too, if I want to. So the audio on here is absolutely good. Clean, uh, not a lot of bass, but it doesn't sound like a squawk box. So, you know, uh, you may not get that punchiness to it that you can get from some phone speakers, but nonetheless, it does good. It does good for, for what it is, for what, just what it is. <laughs> so, uh, thumbs up there on that. Um, let me see. I guess it's performance is actually on top too. I'll give it that. Um, not just the, the, the user interface of oxygen OS, but just, you know, using the Snapdragon 750 gi um, I don't feel like that this is really a mid range device for just how fluid it is. Um, with, uh, you know, the, the, the refresh rate and everything like that. Um, You'll feel that when, like, say you've left the phone down for a couple of hours, you pick it up, and you start scrolling, I'll get that little jitter-jank happen. And, yeah, that's probably about the only time that you'll see that happening. But throughout normal usage, throughout the day, the day, just constantly using it and everything like that, and having multiple apps open in background, sapping up that RAM, and being able to launch more applications. And, you know, the idea of what Android was supposed to be, where you keep all your apps open in background, and um, as you're opening apps, if it's using a you know, the amount of RAM that you have in there, it would automatically pause a specific app from using the RAM to free up RAM for the next app that you're opening. The OnePlus Nord N10 5G kind of emphasizes that with the way that Oxygen OS is optimized along with the the Snapdragon 750G, it's actually doing really good. Um, At times, you know, I would say if my experience with this is that good, you know, that I'm actually happy with it, that it's got my you know, stamp of approval as a device that you should definitely check out if you're interested in it and it it works great i can only imagine what the one plus nine and nine pro are like because this to me honestly i mean it's i wouldn't say it feels flagship but it's kind of teetering on that so when other reviewers are talking about that the nord n10 5g is um it's the essence of what OnePlus used to be, where OnePlus used to call themselves the flagship killer. They used to build, you know, devices that were, you know, that were affordable and yet performed almost identical to what a flagship would, that you wouldn't even think of getting a flagship. You wouldn't look at the phone and say, okay, this is garbage. Let me just go back to an iPhone or let me go back to a Galaxy S model phone. Like that was what OnePlus was initially doing in their earlier years uh, with, you know, like the original OnePlus to the OnePlus 5, the OnePlus 6, uh, that's when they started to kind of climb in price, but until those times. And so the Nordan 10 5G kind of exemplifies OnePlus's core values from back in the day. So really good performance, really good software optimization, decent cameras for photography and for videography, Audio is is good. It could be better, but it's good. And um, yeah, the display, the refresh rate, and everything is is thumbs up. I totally dig it. Can only imagine if they stuck with cyanogen rather than creating oxygen OS. I mean if they had cyanogen on this still, whoo. I can only imagine because cyanogen mod was, was a go to uh custom rom for android so um as far as the design and everything like that ergonomically it's comfortable in my hand i have no issues no finger cramps and stuff like that holding this thing it's a very tall phone it's not a very wide phone so i'll give it that now there are some things that i don't that i don't like about it um the fact that it doesn't have dual sim support okay now not that i necessarily need dual sim but it's a nice option to have in case you've got to in case you need to do that and this doesn't have it despite what certain websites list the specifications for it it does not so i can't run anything else on here besides metro i can't have the metro line in and then say um have an eSIM support for google Fi. like it's just not there um that's pretty much one of the negatives i can say really about the uh, oneplus nord n10 5g um all the other stuff is pretty much subjective so like the glossy back i don't care for it i don't like it i don't need it to look like a glass back i don't know why they did that but again that kind of annoys me because of course it's very slippery uh without a case and the final major thing which is not even a spec wide thing, or behavioral thing with the phone it actually is a, a cosmetic thing and that is why do they put the imei underneath the oneplus stamp on the back of the phone to me that's really ridiculous because the imei is for your phone and if you want to rock this thing butt naked and say somebody has clark kent's eyes and it can really zoom in on that they can get your imei of your phone i don't understand why they would do that like, I've seen LG do it, but LG did it in a different way. They put a sticker back here, and the sticker would tell you that it's a non-removable battery, and this was your IMEI, because when LG phones stuck they're stuck to their guns and were using removable batteries, your IMEI or MEID was underneath the battery. So people were always used to looking in the back of the phone for their MEID or IMEI. And so LG, when they started using um, non-removable batteries, they put a sticker that had the IMEI, so if you needed to activate on the website, you could do that, and then peel the sticker off, tear it up, and throw it away, and you're good to go. But OnePlus put the IMEI underneath the OnePlus stamp, so right in there, you can barely see it. Um, right, that little bit of gray right there—that is the IMEI to this phone. I don't understand why it's it's there. I mean. Most people know that you can dial um, star pound zero six pound and I'll bring up a little window with your IMEI. You can always look on the box and that has a sticker that has your IMEI. It doesn't need to be permanently tramp stamped on the back of their phones. That is the one thing that aggravates me about this. Not enough to where I'm going to throw the phone, but I'm just like, when I think about it, I'm always questioning why OnePlus? Why? Why tramp stamp your phone with the IMEI? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Trump stamping your phone with the IMEI, you are ridiculous OnePlus for that one. And that's really all the negatives I gotta say about it. It's a decent phone, it's a really decent phone. I mean, Metro had a deal where they were giving it away for free with the port in. You're getting this phone for free? That's a hell of a deal for what you're getting out of it. And again, this phone delivers user experience in my opinion, that comes close to the experience of a pixel 5 now while spec wise people say the pixel 5 is a mid-range in the realm of google's hardware the pixel 5 is last year's flagship for them and this brings a very similar experience to that probably an identical um, experience to the pixel 4a 5g so the two brands that I feel that deliver the closest experience to a Google Pixel phone would be OnePlus and Motorola, the only two. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend this. I really would. You might have to we'll be covering it most of the time. Oh, of course. But still, it's still a bonehead move. It's still a bonehead move to do it. Because uh, let's say someone was able to jack your phone, Right and they wanted to take your sim card and throw it out well they don't need they don't need to look for the imei no further than look at the back of the phone right so i mean yeah i mean there's you like theoretically it's still going to be kind of hard for someone to to steal your phone because even if someone wants to come up and like Read your IMEI and then go on Metro and do a phone swap on their account and plug your IMEI in and then try to do some BS and say, like, oh, my phone was stolen. I mean, obviously, they can trace um, IMEI switches and stuff like that. I know this because I worked at a call center. If you had a Sprint account and you put a phone on your account that came from somebody else's account, I can trace the phone back to where it's been activated before. So, yes. But the point is, is that it's still a bonehead move to put the IMEI on the back of the OnePlus Nord N10 5G. It shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be permanently branded there. A sticker? Yes. That's private information. I'm it's private information. And of course, more, most people are going to put a case on it, so it's not that big of a deal. But I still say that it's still a bonehead move for OnePlus to put the freaking IMEI on the back of the phone. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you don't see... Um, you don't see all the other brands doing it. You don't see the pixel with its IMEI etched into the back of the phone. You don't see it on Samsung phones. Obviously it's for, a, it's for a very important reason. So, and then I think um, if I remember back in the days when I used to clone a uh, Moto Razr V3Ms, the IMEI MEID is what you needed to clone. So if someone today still does that and they still clone phones, they just need that IMEI to actually clone it. And they could take another phone and clone that phone where basically throughout the system, when you get a text message on your phone, somebody else could be getting that text message on a OnePlus Nord N10 5G they have that they've cloned your IMEI to it. So it's going to receive connection. That's my point. But it's not, it's, not, like I said, it's not that big of a deal where I'm going to tell people don't buy the OnePlus Nord N10 5G because the IMEI is branded on the back of the phone. No, I just find, I just to me, it, I nitpick at that. That's what annoys me. But that's me. That is a, a subjective thing. That's why I said earlier, it's a subjective thing because it, it bugs me. I mean, I bug everybody else, but it bugs me. Um, if I had to rate this phone, if I had to rate the Nord N10 5G, to be honest with everybody, I'm going to say out of 10, this thing, this bad boy here, is an 8.5 out of 10, in my opinion. It's always a good phone. If I had to buy another one, I would. I definitely would. I was doing speed tests with Google Fi, Mint, and T Mobile Prepaid. Google Fi and Mint are deprioritized. Speeds were, were always higher on T Mobile Prepaid on the third test I did. Awesome. And yeah, Jose can vouch for the clarity of the cameras because I live streamed on Facebook uh, with the OnePlus Nord N10 5G and uh, it, was, it, was, it was really clear. It was really clear. It was nice. So definitely. Um, so I got about 10 minutes left here before we end the podcast. Open discussion right now. If you guys have any questions about the, the Nord N10, ask them. If I can answer them, I will answer them. But it's pretty much gonna be like my coverage on it. Um, I do have a video vlog dropping later on. I just finished rendering it, so it's ready to upload. And it's talking about AT&T 5G in Phoenix. So OnePlus is worth picking up. Yeah, to me it is. I mean, I rate it at an 8.5 and I'm actually pretty picky because you guys know that I I like using pixels. That is like my go-to devices to use. Not a Samsung fan. so yeah, for me to actually give an 8.5 to the OnePlus Nord and 10 5G, that's 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 a lot for me saying it. That's a lot. Um, but yeah, that video is dropping later on. I know I uploaded like a small little shorts um, showing the the speed that that was inside the bedroom, and like I said, this, a UFO landed here or something because. All the carrier speeds are very low here in this in this room. Um, but I did take the phone, I did take the Pixel Five out to do speed tests in very different places, and uh, while it's not that it's not that that uh, that fast yet, but it's nice to know that AT and T does have a wide field of coverage here in the city of Phoenix and on the outskirts, like in Glendale, Peoria, Tempe, Scottsdale, uh, Chandler. Um, and all the outskirts areas, it's got a good connection. You can tell me that Samsung has improved a ton with their TouchWiz UI. It's not really the user, the user interface that bothers me uh, all too much with Samsung. It's um, a lot of their services pushed. And like I said, this is subjective because people will say the same thing about the Pixel phone. They'll be like, oh, yeah, the Pixel the same way. They push Google apps over other third party apps. And yeah. But I mean, to me, I would rather use Google services. Um, So like, you know, just a a lot of the, the wonkiness of like Samsung apps and services that they push on you. I just don't like it. I'm sure it's a good phone. Uh, I'm not going to take away anything from the Samsung Galaxy S series or the Note series. As a matter of fact, if I had no choice but to go with a Galaxy phone, it would be a Galaxy Note. I would rather go with that because that has a little bit more functionality to it than the regular smartphone does. So I would opt that if I had to. Uh, But to me personally, I just think um, I just got over the whole Samsung thing uh, about four years ago. And I didn't want to go back to it. But they're good phones. Good. I I will never take away from even back in the day five years ago when I had the um, the uh, was it the Galaxy J six? What's it again? Uh, G six, yeah, or J six. But yeah, the J series phones that I had, they were really good. I liked them. So pretty solid. Um. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, that video for the AT&T 5G uh, speed tests and you know my thoughts on it that video should come out in about an hour or two that should be up it's a vlog style I decided to go vlog so I didn't want to do like an intro outro like all that cliche shit I didn't want to do that so it just it's just like raw raw video with um, some some um, some uh, video samples in it too so you guys can see the speed test that I was running to get an idea from various different places in phoenix and show you guys the speed there um again i'm going to say this because i know somebody is going to comment and say wow that's pretty crappy speeds i said it in the video and i'll say it now on the podcast it's not the best speeds so don't think of it being like like you know a gigabyte down or anything like that didn't the samsung j6 have no it didn't it ran touchwiz uh the j6 2016 which that was probably like the coolest Samsung phone I to so just Just like the color of it was like gold, right? So the body style of the phone was, was plastic, but it was gold and it was very light in the hand, but like the cameras were good on that thing. At least the, the main camera was good. Um, I used it for a while. I think the J17 was the other one, the, the really big white one. Um, the J17 is also what I used. But yeah, with the, with the AT&T video, don't expect, you know, high speeds. I would, I don't think it was like yeah it it was just connected to its low mid band and so it yielded similar speeds to lte that's what i was saying but that video will drop later anyways um yeah so thank you guys for joining me here on the live podcast thank you guys so much thanks jose riverdale tales gene um we had big john tech reviews in here and again i enjoyed his live stream tech for your needs was in here earlier so with mario Thank you guys for being here on the live stream. For those that watched the replay, um, let's see, hashtag never settle. So I know you guys watched the whole entire thing till the end and um, got all that information absorbed. Uh, also, for the replay crew, comment below what do you guys think on each of the subjects that I talked about. If you have questions about the N10 5G, also leave them in the comment section too, and I'll get back to you guys on it in the comments. But yeah. Um, Also, if you missed this morning's live stream where I talked about Mortal Kombat and um, you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge game coming soon, and Streets of Rage 4 uh, DLC coming out here soon, um, go check that out. I'll I'll post it in the... the, um, I'll share the link and stuff on Twitter and on Telegram. If you're following me on Telegram, I'll put the link in the description. You guys can follow me on Telegram and chat with me there personally, and um, reach out to me there too as well. So um i'll put that here in a little while so check back later to see that link if you guys want to follow me on telegram but yeah that's pretty much it um i am done for now have a safe weekend everybody be cool out there be safe love you guys very much and as always peace. Blah.